Hi, I'm Biz. I'm a working parent with a kid and a teen. It's been 10 years since the show began, and a lot has changed on the show and in the world. But by elevating the voices of others, we have learned we are not alone, and we are doing a good job. This is still a show about life after giving life. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, Halloween is behind us, but the ghosts still linger. I talked to Elizabeth Ito about her Netflix original series, City of Ghosts. Plus, Biz is taking a moment. Woo! This is a, I don't know, check-in, I guess. How are you, Biz? Eh. I hope you're doing well. Eh. Gosh, this is just so hard to do, right? Parenting, I have a three-year-old daughter who just, I don't know, we're having potty training regression, and it just... It sucks because my husband and I don't know why, and we don't know how to help or fix it. And then we have a one-year-old son who is a human garbage disposal, but only for crackers and bread. And that is obviously just tough. And sometimes I'm just like, why? Or how? Or who? Or just why? But then it's all worth it when my son is crying and my daughter starts going, and it's literally the only way to calm him down, and he responds. And those are the moments that just tell me that I can keep going, that I'm raising halfway decent human beings, <laughs> so we're all doing a great job. Thanks. Bye. You are doing a good job. And <laughs> I appreciate that you wrapped up on the moment of, like, this notion that you have probably raised half-decent children, and they are going to go out and be relatively decent people in the world. But then all I can all I can do is think about that in the context of how I approach the world or I see the world, which is, yes, they are going to be reasonable people in the world, one of them peeing all the time and the other one just only eating crackers and bread throughout all of adulthood. So... <laughs> You pick your battles. Also, the word regression. I am like, I was, the word regression always, what it does is it tells me that I have like moved past a certain stage in parenting. No one really talks about regression after a certain age that your child, like, I'm not like looking at my 13 year old being like they've really regressed with their sleep. Right, you're just <laughs> none of that. None of that is happening. But regression—it's such a word that we use with like babies and toddlers, and because it 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 gives us a label for something that we have zero control over. And I like labels for things we have zero control over. Label it, yes. <laughs> also, everybody's three. You know, I like. Ugh. You know, regression with a grain of salt there. I think you're doing an amazing job. You are raising relatively decent people. A good job. Just the fact that you just have extra people in your house is a lot. So, you know, yeah. Who, what, how, why? I'm, I'm with you. The unanswerable questions. <laughs> or at least uh, questions that cannot be answered in polite company. So there you go. But I guess that's not who we are, are we? We're a company for parents. <laughs> Nothing polite about that. You're doing great. 
How am I? Well, I'll tell you. I took a week off last week. You'll hear all about it in The Genius. But I did so because it was deep Halloween. Deep, 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 deep Halloween. Not only was I the head producer of the school Halloween event, and yes, we get to do a full-on haunted house at our school, and every kid, even the preschoolers, went through it, which makes me just love children so much. Only one kid didn't, and that kid later came back and did it, and it was great, but that was intense. But then in our own front yard, we burned the patriarchy, everyone. We... (laughs) We built an actual pyre, and it was all lit up, and there's fog, smoke coming out of it, and I was being accused of being a witch because I loved candy and reproductive freedom and privacy, and if those things make me a witch, then I guess I am a witch, but the real, the real bad person was that guy, Stefan, who was trying to make me look like the bad guy for liking candy. They were the one who had really stolen the candy. Now, let's show what witches can do. Because do you like candy? Yes! Then then maybe you're a witch too. (laughs) Reach into the fire and get the candy. And they did. And it was delightful. And it was so much fun. And sometimes Stefan was out trick-or-treating with Ellis. And it was just me and a burning fire. And me out in front being like, Meh. Other times we had the full show. Other times Ellis was the witch and did such a fucking amazing job. All I have is video, though, of Ellis repeatedly yelling, Burn him! Burn him! Pointing up at Stefan. Hello, Christmas cards for this year. And it was so fun. And I was a little scared that it might be too much for some people. But it wasn't because of Halloween fun. So that was really, it was, Stefan keeps going, are we back? Are we back? And I'm like, no, we are not still. I still will not say we're back. But I will say we are really close. Really close. Next year, we're already joking that we should be Christmas. The whole front yard should be themed Christmas. It's already here. It's not even, (laughs) it's just Halloween and Christmas is already here. Ah! Anywho, I think that ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today. You know, ghosts, Halloween, spooky things. Halloween may be behind us, but the ghosts still linger. We're going to be talking with Elizabeth Ito about her original Netflix series, City of Ghosts. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. I am so very excited. I am speaking with Elizabeth Ito, who is a creator, writer, director, and storyboard artist in the animation industry. And her first series, City of Ghosts, premiered in 2021 
She lives in Los Angeles and is trying to stay cool and hydrated, aren't we all? Though it's raining today in Los Angeles. It's raining. <laughs> so everybody's like panic bread buying, I'm sure, right now and running around like, is school going to be canceled? Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. I can tell all my mom friends about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we also enjoy dad friends as well. <laughs> yeah, dad friends. That's Any right. parents. Anybody who just wants to get to know more about their mother. That- <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, who lives in your house? I live here. Um, <laughs> my- I'm waiting for the day that somebody's like, I live in a shed outside. I live in the uh, accessory dwelling unit right outside. But everybody else in the house, go ahead. So you're there. Good. It's me, my husband, Kevin. And our two kids, uh, Rosalind and Newton. <laughs> we, we really like science, so we named them after after prominent scientists. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. We don't have any pets because right before my son was born, we had a I had adopted a chinchilla from a friend, and it passed away like while I was pregnant. And ah. then after that, I was just like, I'm not I'm not going to do that again for a while. <laughs> I got really sad. <laughs> Did, how old are your children? Uh, my son is eight. I have to think about it. Yeah, so no, hard. you are exactly in the right. That's why I asked the age question, because you're doing the thing that I do where I'm like, uh, Yeah, bear. like I know, like I feel like I'm 50% chance I'll get it wrong for some yeah, reason. No, we so, won't know. <laughs> it's, it's true, yeah. Um, my son is eight. My daughter is six. Yeah, six. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> Last time you checked, yeah, mine are 13 and not nine. They're eight, but I keep calling them nine. It feels like they've been eight. Yeah, I almost did the nine thing too. Ever, yeah. Yeah, it's a long time. (laughs) No, six and eight's appropriate for just not being able to keep who they, and if you did have pets, you would probably call them pet names every once in a while. Yeah. You know, I'm like, Steve, get off the counter. Oh, wait, you're not Steve. That's the cat. One time my mom accidentally <laughs> called my brother, like, Skippy, because she was looking at peanut butter in the store. Yes. See? <laughs> that is a great example of normalcy, everybody. That is a normal thing that happens. So you have this series. It's been out on Netflix, and it's called City of Ghosts. And, you know, I am going to do a much copy and pasted description of the show. And then I want to talk about it. But it's basically the show follows a group of small children led by Zelda that goes around distinct neighborhoods in Los Angeles to help a variety of ghostly entities roaming local haunts. Even that doesn't do it justice. So can you bring us in on what City of Ghosts is about? (laughs) Yeah, so I I mean, like, I really love documentaries and mockumentaries and anything where somebody is using that format, really. And I think I just wanted to try to make a show like that, like a kid's show. I've just like really, I really like the voices that real people had, have, had, sometimes had, I guess if they're a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in our show, they still have a voice because I think the thought for me was driving around Los Angeles. I I had just seen a lot of places in my commutes where I thought, like, I really want to know more about 
that building that doesn't fit into the rest of those buildings. And then just in general, we have such rampant gentrification here that I think I was like, how do we how do we make something that preserves an idea of what a lot of these neighborhoods are before they change to something that I don't recognize anymore? Yeah, no, it the show each week focuses on a location or let me be very clever and say a haunt, a local haunt. And there is somebody who is moving into that location or currently occupies that area or is part of that part of the community and starts to experience ghosts. And you are pursuing the history and dealing with very heavy things like gentrification, colonization, you know, all of these issues that communities face and doing it with ghosts. And it's for children, you know, technically, though I'm getting a lot out of it because I know nothing about Los Angeles and I've lived here for like 11 years. Now I'm like, oh, I gotta go. How did you find that balance? And maybe you don't know how you found it, but you did it. So when it came to the storytelling, how, like, what was your approach with this? Part of it was thinking about, I mean, I think I had a definite boundary in my head when I first started of like, I want this show to be watchable by a lot of people. So like, I don't necessarily want to take some of these issues that I don't know how to talk about myself because I'm not like on one side or the other of it. But there are obviously are a lot of people that feel very strongly about this particular thing. So I kind of tried to avoid things where it was like too hot (laughs) or like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) yeah, Um, (laughs) because I don't know, I, I like I've been a. I guess like a social media user for long enough to know like it's just really hard to wade into a lot of that stuff when you Mm -hmm. just don't have you haven't studied it or you just don't don't know about it and gentrification itself I mean I obviously have no answer for that like it's a it's a it's It's really complicated I wish I did I wish I could just say guess what yeah this is how we can make that easier So I think that was the first defining thought was like, we we want to talk about issues, but we don't necessarily want to talk about them in a way that's going to like alienate a bunch of people from letting their kids learn about this or watch it or honestly, like trying really hard to not make certain people feel judged by the way that we were approaching it. But also, in addition, I think it was just this desire to create like a like what I felt was a, a good reflection of what was in each neighborhood here. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'm getting off track of your original I don't, question. Well, no, you're not getting off track. But you said something that, that I will take responsibility for pulling us off track. And that is, how do you talk about it? And okay, so I am from the South and I grew up with ghosts. And ghosts are part of our family stories. Not only... Are there family ghosts? But there are huh, like we see dead people things every, and it's all very normal. Like it's very normal to talk about ghosts and death. And I remember with both of my children, this is you know, oh yeah, we believe in ghosts, absolutely. Now, I'm marrying somebody who does not believe in ghosts, <laughs> and we have this wonderful debate. He's like, you can't be 
agnostic or an atheist and believe in ghosts. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're totally separate. Yes, we can. Yeah, that's wrong. You can totally. (laughs) He's wrong. Thank you. So totally not a believer in ghosts, but don't worry, everybody in our marriage vows said that if I ever came in and said this house is haunted, no questions asked, we move. Uh, But I'm getting there, everybody. But one day after some conversation I'd had with one of the children, they said to Stefan, Stefan comes up to me and says, uh, Ellis said that we talk to to the dead? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we were talking about what comes next after life. And I said, we don't know, but we'll go to, we'll walk around the house talking to people <laughs> who've gone on as if they're there. I don't know if anybody's answering back or listening, but yeah, we sure we talk to the dead. So it's always been very matter of fact. And somehow that has allowed the children to not be super scared. And I feel that matter-of-factness is how you approach ghosts on the show, but it's also how you approach these difficult topics. And because these are real voices and not like actors acting <laughs> and emoting, these, and these are real kids, it is not threatening, or it shouldn't be threatening, for a child to ask questions. What do you mean? What I don't know what that word means, or what um, happened to the people who used to live here, right? Like it—that is how we thought we should talk to children, <laughs> and then we should let them ask the questions. And so, to me, that's how you threaded it. You know, I mean, I—I it, I don't know. You just do it. <laughs> I mean, I think part of it's also like for me. It was a little before I had kids, but definitely a lot more after I had kids. Exactly what you're saying. Like, you realize they ask you questions about things that you're kind of frozen when they ask you because you don't, you don't know what to say. Like, yeah. you don't know how to explain this, like, really complex and maybe sometimes really sad thing to somebody who, like, <laughs> still sees this amazing world as like a like a beautiful place yeah. and you, you, you sort of don't you don't want to be the one that like rips that away from them but at the <laughs> same time like right I think I've read people talk about just like how kids are also really really sharp about knowing if you're lying they know when you're not telling them all yeah. of what you want to say or what should be said and like also regarding ghosts just practically speaking I feel like most of the parents that I would tell them like what the show was about before it was out or, you know, like when yeah. I just started working on it, sometimes even people at the studio, they a lot of times have a story about their kids seeing something that like they're like, oh, yeah, I think my kids saw a ghost and they just yeah. mentioned it. And what's really funny to me in those instances is just usually the kids weren't scared. It was yeah. like the parent that was like really scared and Me personally, I think I just had a thought of like, I was pretty sure I saw my great grandmother's ghost when I was little. My dad saw it too. And looking back, I thought like, I wish I hadn't sort of just had this innate fear of of that, you know, I wish that I had stopped for a second and been like, tell tell me more about your life or I miss you or just stuff like that you know yeah are you cold (laughs) like there's a great one where the ghosts in this little restaurant like the Zelda who's asking the ghost questions is like is it are are you cold in there 
Oh, you are cold in there. Right? Like, it's such a great answer. Yeah, a cold. Um, do, do you, do ghosts use the bathroom? Right? Like, I mean, they're just these wonderful questions of the ghosts. And, but I'm with you. Like, I think there's that moment between not wanting to be the one who destroys everything for your child. But there's also this moment where they don't have the world experience or history to be scared of things or to know that, for example, if you are talking about what the restaurant was like and the story of the person who lived in the restaurant and some of these issues about someone else now being in there, they don't have that worldview to be pissed one way or the other. It's just answers to questions, right? It's like, oh, okay, well, that sounds great. Let's do it. You know, like, and I think that's hard to remember as a parent. Like, I, we, we can't even, I will still remember being like, it's Halloween, we've got to show them the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And then, like, other people being like, we're not showing our children that. And I was like, what? What? It's so mean. And I was like, it was? And then we watch it, and I was like, oh, shit, that is mean. They made they, no one invited you to this party, Charlie Brown. If you were invited, it must have been a mistake. And it's a, <laughs> and guess what? We watch it, and our children aren't mean, and they don't, just like I didn't take away that I should be completely evil to other children. They haven't either, right? Like, yeah. But it's, it's our baggage. Is there an episode that was your favorite? I really liked the Bob Baker, Atomic Nancy one, because... I mean, part of it was that I got to work on it with Penn, who I worked on Adventure Time with and mm. who was like my friend from back in school. I think I just picked that one because for me, it was the most fun to like think of these really funny, specific jokes that we somehow were allowed to leave in there. <laughs> yeah, no. For anybody who doesn't know, there is a marionette theater troupe, Bob Barker's marionettes we've taken every kid's gotta go on a field trip it's los angeles it's a little creepy though right (laughs) it's just like open the curtains and it's just yeah i mean i love them but yeah it's very like mixed feelings you're kind of like these are like it's not like muppet puppets it's like marionettes or like the closest visual similarity is probably to like ventriloquist dummies yeah (laughs) whatever you imagine as a haunted and a puppet. Yeah. If you hear like puppet and haunted, you don't think Muppets haunted. Whatever the thing, that is what these are. And they're amazing. They're amazing. Something that I like I couldn't include just because one, we didn't have time and two, because like you just you can't sh- show like smoking on a kid's <laughs> show. But um, Zen, the daughter of Atomic Nancy had or, like when I was asking her if she knew of the theater, like we have a little bit in there where she says, yeah, I remember, but it was I went there with my dad. Her story about it, though, was that like she went with her dad, who was kind of this like Yakuza seeming dude where she'd go during the day at like three o'clock in the afternoon. And this was when they were in their old, old like, space in yeah, Highland Park. Yeah. Um, which is like it, definitely haunted, probably oh, still haunted. <laughs> so haunted. And they know it like yeah. they, they know it like they've seen ghosts. They have they had tons of ghost stories. But she was like, yeah, I would go there with my dad in like the middle of the day. 
And he's like sitting back there smoking. And it's just like me and him in this like <laughs> theater, this like velvet red theater, like a scene out of like a David Lynch movie. <laughs> it's like, um, so I think like my next goal is like, what kind of kids show can I make where I get yeah. to show like a David, <laughs> David Lynch. Lynch theater? Yes. Itty, whatever that show is, I'm in. Yeah, and like smoking Yakuza yeah. dad in the background while his daughter's just like, what are we doing here? Yakuza dad. <laughs> Why'd you take me here? Well, I get the whole theater. It's just for you. That is amazing. So when people hear animation, I think, if I hear animation, I think, no one wants you at the party, Charlie Brown, right? Like <laughs> this visual draw. This show I don't have the words to describe it. I like other than collage. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's Thank a good you. one. <laughs> Tell us about that style of animation and why you chose it for for the show. I mean, I think if I go back to the short that I made called uh, "Welcome to My Life," that was like about my brother. When I was doing that short, I remember thinking. I really want this stuff to feel grounded. And I thought about like in animation, how sometimes we've had stuff where it's like live action, but you put animated characters yeah. into it. So I was really keen to try to figure out if we could we could do that. But it's taken a long time for that technology and stuff to be, I mean, honestly, like affordable for TV. Because the little reason you would see it only in movies is because only movies could afford to do it. Mm. So I was looking at stuff that had done it. And then I was also looking at, like, what what's some animation styles that I like? Because, you know, also, I think when people think of animation, they think of, like, some movie that they're going to be trapped in a theater with their right. kids watching. Right. <laughs> or at home now, I guess. You'll be trapped yeah. with it streaming in your house for days on end. <laughs> and it's just not, like... I appreciate it if my kids like it, but it's not like I want to make stuff like that. I think yeah. I just had this thought of I want my stuff to look a little, <laughs> honestly, just better than that. You know, ah! you're like, you're like, this looks cool. This something artsy where I could yeah. be like, hey, look, we don't have to make them all look like that new DreamWorks movie or, you know, that, I don't know, just pick anything. Really. Yeah, pick any other show. <laughs> On television. Yeah, so it was a desire to do that. I think there was just this thought of, I really want to show the real places and figure out a way to combine these real places with the style that I like. And then uh, my husband's studio, Chromosphere, they're just, they're really adept at, I mean, I guess he (laughs) in particular is also really (laughs) adept at knowing me and like taking the style that I have and pushing it a lot farther than like I know how to do. My expertise has always just been story. It's been rough drawings and silly gags and things like that. Conveniently, I'm married to somebody who's good at the (laughs) other part of like what people look for in animation. (laughs) So I think like a lot of the credit has to go to them and to also... The animation studio who helped us is French studio Team Toe helped us. They, they worked on the whole show, but they're just really good. They're really skilled. And a lot of the artists at their at their studio were really good at kind of adapting and to, to what I wanted. <laughs> That's amazing. And there's also, besides this very unique and beautiful style, it is also this beautifully quiet show no one's yelling at you the whole time there is no like it's like very quiet and again almost soothing like even when 
one of the people, the guy who ran the skate shop, when he sees a ghost for the first time, or no, it wasn't even the ghost, a kid crawls out from a bush and like he jumps. It's like a jump scare, but it's the most like calm. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, it's like that. <laughs> so, so calm. I have a vague idea of how the world works. So you made this beautiful, quiet, educational, thoughtful show. So they canceled it. (laughs) (laughs) Netflix canceled it. But as the biggest fuck you, Elizabeth won a Peabody for that bad boy. So what was that? I mean, that's like, it's such a beautiful, intense show. And like, what is... I, I don't know. How was that? And my son, my son got the door now, so it was. Yeah. it was yeah. surreal as fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was. Uh, so. It still, it still is. Like I, I just. Uh, we just also got nominated for like four Emmys. <laughs> like, oh, so yeah, for sure, this show should not stay on. Definitely, uh, yeah. whatever yeah. you do, cancel it. What is next? Do you have thoughts or are you just going to recover and like sleep with your Peabody like next to you? <laughs> like, where are you going to put it? This is so snarky, but I'll probably yes. put it to the other Peabody that we got for Adventure Time. <laughs> 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 <I was> like, <laughs> now you got Peabody's in stereo. Now I have this, I have an Emmy also from Adventure Time. And I best. thought for a while, like... I'm just going to put this in the background of every meeting that I have and see, like, part of it was bait to see who Who comments on it, because there's, like, a certain aspect to who notices it (laughs) and who says something. (laughs) So what is next? What would you like to do? I mean, for the short short term, maybe it'll be long term. (laughs) I'm on, uh, like, an overall deal at Apple, which is another weird thing for me to say out loud because people then are like, what's an overall deal? And I'm like, I still don't really (laughs) get it. But I usually have to consult with, like, my agents or my lawyer about, like, is this, can I work on this thing? Um, But just overall, it's, it's like... I don't have a different word for like disrupt because like everybody uses that. But I think that's sort of like my goal for animation and just for kids programming. Yeah. Like earlier you brought up the voices and the calmness of it. I mean, that was one of another big drive going into making the show was like there's there's nothing on TV right now that I can watch with at the time when my kids were really, really little. I was looking for stuff that wasn't fast cutting because of what everybody said about yeah. I was going to Vitamix their brain from uh-huh. showing them that. But maybe they can send me a free Vitamix now that I mentioned that. You can pick that sponsor up. That's pretty good. No, uh, but I know what you mean. There's outside of another brilliant show that was canceled by Netflix, Tumbleleaf, that was a totally different style of animation. But it was also like so calm. Yeah. And everybody's just figuring it out. Yeah. I don't know how, like, if your kids were like this, but my kids, it was like, at least my sons, especially, it was just like really sensitive to like heightened drama or any kind of tension or if somebody was getting mad. So I I just kind of wondered, like, why why can't there be more stuff (laughs) where I can just turn it on and not be nervous that I'm going to have to like. Right. Calm down my child. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I hope that I can make more stuff that's just for people that don't have much right now in animation. We have a lot for people that love live action, I think. Um, But 
there's not so much in animation because I think it's just it's still kind of something that a lot of American studios see as like a commodity like oh well yeah. we can make a show that will sell stuff or we'll get a ton of people to watch it over and over and over again just so it's like watching zombies I guess yeah. I don't really have an interest in that aspect of it like I like <laughs> that I just you like, will never have a career Elizabeth. I know <laughs> Probably not. Just enjoy those Peabody's. I guess like in my biggest, (laughs) I don't know, fantasy that I've had is like, how do people get MacArthur grants so that they can just do what they want, you know? That's right. And just make things that actually would be really helpful to the world that isn't, you know, marketable. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let me know. And I think for my own industry, it's just finding routes to how can we make it easier for us to do this without having to compromise our ideas so much. Because I think when you bring your ideas to a studio, there's always going to be some amount of compromise. Yeah, it, it would be nice to figure out how to make it so that people who don't have some million dollar studio, behind, billion dollar, oh, it's a lot of money that they have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That we don't that $200 have. $200 studio. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I don't know. It's all like made up money at this point. I don't even understand it. Right. Yeah. So it's like, how do we uh, give people routes to do this stuff in a way where like you don't have to keep pitching and pitching and get your yeah. heart broken by these places? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I again, I hope those Emmys and Peabody's help get you through the night and ho- I actually here's the thing actually I hope they give you the confidence to keep going in and pushing for your vision and your stories and for others like you because the, it look we all watch a lot of stuff when kids get in your house now I am an animate like I like I mean when I was in my 20s I was watching Arthur because I said <laughs> hey I do enjoy a cartoon an animated show but don't you be started on wildcrats Gabe, we've got to get those crap brothers on one day. But wait, you what? haven't gotten them? Uh, we've not got. I know. Can you hook us up? Put some crap I don't brothers. know them, but my uh, kids love them too. So. Oh, it's, that show is so enjoyable. That is fun. PBS Golden Age. That's all I'm going to say. In all honesty, these are the shows. Shows like yours are what makes it bearable. And I, anytime I can find a show that I, as an adult, want. To watch, I mean, my kids have kind of aged out, but now I'm like, no, 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 no. This is what we're watching. We're going to watch this. And I know they'll like it because it's Los Angeles. Because, you know, like, I want to see them, like, investigate yeah, things in other I've, cities. One of the best, I guess, compliments about it was people telling me when they were driving around, their kids being really excited to point out something that they yeah. saw in the show or even just people that they recognize from the show. I and, love it. I don't know. It's just so cool. Like, I love making kids excited like that. Like, I like giving them agency to feel like they know about stuff, you know? You're a monster, Elizabeth, (laughs) a complete monster. Yeah, I think in today's world a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in today's world for sure. Why are you trying to brainwash our children into being compassionate, (laughs) critical thinkers? How dare you? I hope they ban my show from different places, you know? That would be like a win, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, for all you know, it's already happening. Yeah. <laughs> it is already happening. Blocked. I should oh, ask them if they know how many people have blocked my show. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. I both love and hate everything. Uh, 
Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this beautiful show. You, I mean, we could have talked about, you know, Adventure Time or any of your other work, but this is, this is such a good show, and I feel it is my duty to make sure that parents, especially of very young children who need something to have a coffee, <laughs> to have time to have coffee, to have time to check an email, to just sit and cry silently behind their children. This is your gift. This is beautiful. Go watch the show. Thank you so much. And I, I just look forward to anything else you create. Oh, th- thank you. Thank you so much, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I just like talking to people. So I <laughs> me, up, too. I, I <laughs> We're in Los Angeles. We'll have, you'll have to show me some other place I don't know about. I oh, can't yeah. wait. I can't I'm wait. I'm happy to. <laughs> I cannot wait. Uh, everybody, you know how to find things in the world. In fact, you can just, I, I'm pretty sure all the devices in my house are finding it for me right now because they're listening. But we will link you up to where you can find out more about Elizabeth Ito as well as, God, don't make me link you to Netflix, but I will. <laughs> I will do it to make life easier for you. But check the show out. It is so beautiful and so well done and it's just amazing storytelling. And again, Elizabeth, thank you. Thanks. It was a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> One Bad Mother is sponsored in part by Bombas. Gifting is hard. <laughs> Bombas makes it easier with socks, underwear, and t-shirts that feel good and do good. They feel good because they're thoughtfully designed with the softest materials. And they do good because for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone in need. It is no secret that I love Bombas socks that I have my Bomba socks, and that family wears Bomba socks. Everybody knows I love my pride socks from Bombas. I adore them. They've got really amazing different styles, and they make a good gift. Give the good this holiday season with Bombas. Go to bombas.com badmother and use code badmother for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash badmother, code badmother, for 20% off. Bombas.com slash badmother, code badmother. Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. Hello, I'm Lori Kilmerton. We do a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show, and you could listen to it anytime you want it because there's hundreds of episodes. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing comedy forever, and we should both quit. So why don't you listen up <laughs> before we leave this not only terrible business, but this awful world. And find out why we can't. <laughs> because we love it so. <laughs> Jackie and Lori Show, every week here on MaximumFun.org. 
Hey, you know what it's time for? This week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time. Genius me. Me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. I will. I took that week off. That was... It was genius. It was genius. That's it. Hi, I'm calling with a genius because I just left my yearly physical and I was going through with the doctor, lots of different questions like they normally do, and I was just proud of myself to be able to tell him that I have three kids, six, three, and a four-month-old, and even with the new baby, I have been prioritizing my health. Uh, there's lots and lots of appointments when you have a baby and then the baby comes and then suddenly it's all about the baby. And I have gotten my physical and gotten my vaccines and I scheduled my eye doctor appointment and I scheduled my dentist appointment and I'm going to do the dermatology annual checkup he recommended. And I have a mammogram scheduled and did my pap smear and none of those are fun. None of those are appointments that I want to give up precious kid-free hours to go and do. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of coordination. I'd much rather use my kid-free time to do other things, but I am prioritizing my health. I'm taking care of myself, and that makes me a better person and a better mom and a better partner. I'm doing an awesome job today. You are doing an awesome job. That's hard. That is hard work, what you did. Getting all those things scheduled, getting all the getting the time to go to those appointments, it is a lot of work. You know, it's not a lot of work saying, fuck it, I'll do it next year. That day, <laughs> that's very easy. But what you're doing is very, very hard and very important. And I see you. And again, I think we should have like a whole high five line for people as they come walking out of like, you know, mundane, yet very important tasks that they just did. So high five to you. You are doing an incredible job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. There's so much fucking Halloween candy in this house. Like, I just want to be really clear. There's a lot because... The kids remembered that, like, last year and the year before, we did a thing where we would buy, like, their candy back and the, for cash. <laughs> and so they remembered. And so, you know, they're negotiating. It's a wonderful math experiment. They got to weigh it. They had to make choices. And then they sold it. And, like, I, you don't just throw away candy. So now I have, like five pounds of just candy. I know, Gabe made a face. It's true. Five pounds of candy that is not even part of the candy that they kept. And it's just sitting there. 
And I don't, like some of it I want to eat. Don't get me wrong. Some of it is not something I want to eat. And we're not even hiding it. So really the kids could just come through and pick some candy, right? And I'm sure there is some clever way to pass this candy along. I'm sure I could do the buy nothing, which I'm sure you have in your neighborhood too, the buy nothing program. But you can't go on to buy nothing like a week after Halloween and be like, does anybody, does anybody need candy? Because the answer is no. Because everybody has candy. It's like, this is not even the candy we bought. Everybody, I want to be really clear. This is candy that came in to the house. So maybe I'll turn it into like teacher thank you gifts. (laughs) Anyway, candy. Hello, I'm calling in with a fail. So last week, my two-year-old came home with the flu. Then my five-year-old got the flu. Then I got the flu. We're all getting better, but the the other day, my two-year-old with the flu threw up all over himself while he was eating. Um, They were eating popsicles. My five-year-old came to complain to me that he didn't like his popsicle and he wanted a different popsicle. So I put down his popsicle on the table, and I then came back and said, hey, you know what, I'd really like a popsicle too. I took a bite of the popsicle, and I had put it down into the throw-up. Yeah, And yeah. so I ate my two-year-old throw-up. This is an especially <laughs> gross fail. I apologize in advance. Um, so I guess the moral of the story is time to get your flu shots. Okay, thanks. Bye. I'm not sure that's the moral of the story. <laughs> I Let me tell you why I enjoyed this fail. Because it delighted Gabe. I don't know, like, sometimes Gabe makes faces that are, like, truly why we have a hotline and you don't tell things to people in public. But this time, Gabe saw it coming, and, and the, the smile swept across Gabe's face. And then, so I'm going to assume, Gabe, I got to ask, stand by me, the lard-ass scene. Yes, very enjoyable. Uh, and then meaning of life, bring me the bucket. I can't eat one more mint. Right. It's again. Why I like Gabe. Yeah, you ate a puke sickle is what you did. Which again, many people might be like, that's disgusting. How could you do that? And I'm going to say it is disgusting, but it's doable. I mean, we have had people brush their teeth with hemorrhoid creams. We have definitely gotten into tubs that have things that shouldn't be in tubs in them. We have done lots of things, uh, and it's because our minds are occupied. And if you've been sick with the flu, good luck adding two plus two, okay? Especially if it's a puke flu. Oh, God, that is, yeah, because when the puke flu starts, you have to be like, do I keep this or do I just throw everything away, right? Like, I mean, will I ever get it out? Like, sometimes when we're not in the middle of a puke flu, I think, I know in the past, somebody has puked all over this, and I've cleaned it, and I have moved on past it, and I haven't had to think about it. Is that doable again? Did that really happen? Or will it haunt me forever? And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Each, each one's different. But you, again, the moral is not get your flu shot. The moral is be careful what you eat. I think. Is that it? I don't know. Everything's gross in your house. Don't tell anybody. 
<laughs> you're doing a horrible job. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. Hi, it's Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun. I am breaking into this programming to say, Thank you to MaxFund's members. Your purchases in this year's post-MaxFund Drive patch sale raised over $50,000 for Trans Lifeline. Maybe you already know about the good work that Trans Lifeline does. If you don't, they're a trans-run organization that offers direct emotional and financial support to trans people in crisis. If you want to learn more about the work Trans Lifeline does or support them further, go to translifeline.org. Thanks for supporting Maximum Fun. Thanks for supporting Trans Lifeline. And thanks for being awesome people who want to do good in the world. All right, everybody, it is time to listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, Biz. Um... I guess this is a rant or a mom having a breakdown, but I don't even know if I can call myself a mom. I'm 24, the oldest of eight children, and due to an incident that has happened with my own father, I am now having to take on custody of two of my siblings, ages 11 and 9. I'm just I've been listening to your show for years to teach myself how to be a mother to myself. And now I have to be a mother to these two kids that I love more than anything, but I don't I don't know. I don't know how to be their mom and I'll never be their mom. But I'm gonna do the best I can. But we're gonna get through this. And it's gonna suck, but it's not gonna suck forever. And Fuck, dude. Thanks for letting me word vomit. I'm doing a good job. You are doing a remarkable job. That, that is, that is an impossible situation that you are in. And I, I mean, there are so many different things we could talk about right now, but I I really want to focus on what a remarkable job you're already doing and that you are going to do. And I it you're you're right. You're not their mother. But also you don't have to be. Caregivers come in many forms and and in fact I I appreciate and try and work in any communications I have for example at school that I'm sending out to say caregivers and guardians right because not every person who's got a kid at school is their parent families are made up in like so many different ways and I hope that you will give yourself the grace and patience of not, of knowing you don't have to be their mother. 
you have to be their caretaker, somebody who is there to help take care of them. And you are going to be great at that. And you're right. It's going to suck for a little while. This is one of those moments, guys. I, I've seen movies. This is going to be complicated. There are going to be all kind of feelings that everybody is going to have. And you are going to find yourself sometimes in situations and in moments where if, if this had not been the case, you would not be limited or accountable. But because this is the situation, you will have to find yourself making different, difficult decisions. And you are just being thrown right into the, how do I navigate being a self at this time? It's a lot. It really is. And 9 and 11, these are big ages. And they are going to have all the feelings at the same time you're having all the feelings. But again, you are really remarkable. And there are people who want to support you. This community wants to support you. No matter, what do we say, everybody? No matter how kids get into your house, and this is, this is a way I had never thought of. So congratulations on that. This is definitely a new one to me. But now you got kids in your house. It doesn't matter how they get there. All that matters is that they are there now. And sometimes they come fast. Sometimes you can prepare. Sometimes you cannot prepare. Um, and we don't know what they're going to be like. We don't know what our kids are going to be like. We don't know what kids in our houses. Are they going to be nice? Maybe they aren't. <laughs> Maybe we get no control or say. And I I just, I just think this is monumental. And I really, really see you. And I see the work this is going to take. And I see the emotional work of your own process of dealing with whatever relationship you had with your mom. There's going to be a lot of stuff here, but I want you to really hear me tell you that you are not alone and you are doing a good job. Everybody, everybody is doing a really good job. I, I, this is, we are, oh God, we are just about to hit winter holiday time. And everybody's calling in with geniuses these days. And I know the way the wind is going to change on the old hotline soon. And it's time to give yourself, oh God, I'm going to be like a card. Give yourself the gift of self-patience, okay? Like, and humor, if you can muster it. And sometimes we can find support in the person next to us in line at the store. Okay, so be open to it if you can and look for people who are open to it. Everybody is sick. Their flus, respiratory illnesses are big right now. COVID, God damn it. COVID has not left us. <laughs> it's still here. 
And it's just like our first caller today. How? Who? Why? What? All of those are unanswerable. Here's the thing. It is hard. It's complicated. It's fun. It's remarkable. And neither neither the fun of it, the joy of it, or the difficulty, neither of those, none of that cancels the other out. You get to be both. And if you feel overwhelmed, then you're overwhelmed. You get to feel that. That is true. Okay? You are doing a remarkably good job. And I will talk to you next week. I won't talk to you next week. We're going to do some kind of business favorite episode next week. And really enjoy looking back on how far I have not come. (laughs) Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blues. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.